I'm Jesse Lubinsky. I'm Donnie Piercy. Hi, I'm Jeffrey Heil, hosts of the Partial Credit Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network. Just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Welcome to Shooks and GIF, Season 5, Episode 7. In this episode, I am joined by a dear old friend, Michael Frankfurt, and we talk about stop motion animation, math, ditch summit, hashtag today I sketch noted cohort three, hashtag create with Chrome, and a whole lot more. Let's give it a go. Welcome to Shooks and GIF, the podcast where we share ed tech treasures we love. Each week, we'll share a tool, podcast, tip, or trick with you, our listeners. We are your hosts, Kim Polishuk and Jen Giffen. Let's give it a go. Hey, Michael. Hey, Jen. Why is Frosty the Snowman never late? I don't know, Jen. Why is Frosty the Snowman never late? Because time waits for snowman. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode seven of season five of Shooks and GIF. I am your host, Jen Giffen, as always, and I am joined once again by a guest host. I'm very excited. I have known this guest host. We were trying to figure out before we went on air, and we don't really totally want to admit it, but we think it's coming up on about 40 years, which is impossible because we're like 28 years old. So I don't know how that happened. Um, Michael is a, a colleague of mine here in York region. Uh, I went to elementary school with him. We went to high school together. We now teach in the same district. He's an elementary teacher. Uh, what I know from Michael is very much on math and the steam end of things. That's where I our sort of pads cross on social media, but they cross a lot. Like we keep coming back and finding each other um, through our, our shared passions. So when I put an on-call out to uh, to everyone saying, you know, on Twitter saying, hey, is anyone like wanting to co-host with me? I'm looking for some guests. He reached out and he said, I could share this. And I said, I would love this because not only do I think that he's a, like a fountain of knowledge and a plethora of, of information that he has to share with us. We've known each other for so long. It's so nice to catch up with friends. So Michael Frankfurt, welcome to this show. Thank you, Jen. This is uh, this is awesome. Uh, first time, first time guest host mm-hmm. on podcast. Hopefully, there'll be more. Uh, but yeah, and and it, it is true. I I don't really know if we're at the thirty mark yet, but I'm sure we're getting close there. But it, I, it's just interesting that you that you said that, that we keep connecting and we just find ways that our our journeys through education uh, just keep you know, having these points where we just connect over things, which is, which is wonderful. Yeah. Great to see all the learning and yeah. So so thanks for having me. Oh, I'm I'm so glad. Now, did I miss anything in your bio? Is there anything else that you want to share with people that I didn't, or you want to go into more detail about what you do as a fabulous educator? Well, I don't know. You know, if I look at my, my Twitter page, I'll just read the hashtags that I have. So I have uh, educator, sci-fi geek, TARDIS, for those of you that know, Uh, mm, talk nerdy to me, robots, 42, musician, and uh, I've been using a hashtag last year. I was using virtually learning beyond. I know it's a bit long, but I seem to be the only one using it. So anytime I'm doing some cool techie, STEMI, STEMI stuff in the education land, uh, I tend to use that hashtag. So it's, it's kind I like of fun that there. Hashtag. And if people want to follow you, it is linked in the show notes. If people want to give you a follow, where, where, where can they go 
to follow you yeah, on Twitter? Yeah, you can find, follow me on Twitter, mfrank underscore 76. Beautiful. And I'll be happy to add you to the collection. Awesome. I love that. I love the growth of the PLN. Okay. So you have some stuff you want to share and it's all sort of on the same. So we're going to, we're going to do things slightly differently than we normally do listeners. If you're paying attention, um, Mike's going to do all of his shares first, and then I'm going to jump in depending on time. Cause I know we've been running long and I apologize, but it's cause I go on tangents like this and say my Canadian stories and do all that. Um, so, uh, I will jump in afterwards and, and do some shares as many as I think we can fit in. So Michael, tell us. Yes what you want to share when you reached out and you thought, Hey, yeah, this would be something fun that I can share. Go. Wow. Yeah. You know, one of the, uh, one of the things that I've worked on with my students over the years is getting them like really engaged in, in doing work. And I remembered that this was, I don't know, it's probably like going on 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, beginning of the school year, how do you get students engaged and interested in sort of a language-based thing, telling stories, writing, creating stuff together? And so one of the things I, I did is I actually had my class do a workshop uh, on stop-motion animation using plaster scene, clay, et cetera. And so now that we, you know, transitioned over the last, I guess, two plus years now, uh, we're gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say the terrible word of pivot, but, you know, and by <laughs> the way, every time I say the word pivot, I get David Schwimmer friends oh, episode. I who mean, doesn't? yeah. Yeah. And I, I just, you know, pivot and then we're done. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> he has this great way of losing his mind, but not looking totally crazy. I just love the character. I love Ross. <laughs> the only problem is some, when I did that last year with my students, they thought I was, well, it was one of the moments where they thought, yeah, my teacher is um, a little weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I, just... I said, Hey guys, join the club. <laughs> So uh, one of the things, so with the stop motion animation, I always found it really interesting to have students work together. And, and so it's not so much of looking at, you know, the sort of the academic abilities that are sort of associated with, you know, doing something like a retail or a summary or telling a story or doing a storyboard. And so the animation allowed uh, different skills to come out. And it worked great for students who have any learning challenges, who are on an IP. It was really good for students who have uh, English is not their first language. Mm -hmm. And so you got that engagement piece. And then, you know, over the last year, we don't have as much that physical contact anymore. How can you still engage them in some sort of stop motion animation? And right. so, you know, there's, there's many stuff online, and I'm not an expert in any of this. I've just worked through it. I've, I've done some stuff. And so one of the things I want to talk to you about today is um, how can how can you do a stop motion animation uh, with basically free software, right? Because right. you can easily go and, you know, attach yourself to one of the big names and you can download your own software. You can use some, you know, really cool stuff. But what I was thinking was, is how can we do this so that the accessibility piece and the inclusivity piece and the equity piece is all sort of embedded in there? And so did a little bit of work and came across that you could do stop motion animation with Google Slides. Yeah which is fantastic. And yeah. you know, uh, and if you don't, if you don't have Google slides, you can do it in PowerPoint. Mm -hmm. And so it's one of those things where you go, how, how do we make this work? And I, I, I've linked some stuff that, that people could take a look on and I've, I've done a couple presentations on it, but really all, all that is, is that you, you know, decide upon what backgrounds you want to do after you have your storyboard together. And it's being able to move the object, you know, just really slightly from slide to slide to slide to tell mm -hmm. the story. And it's just so interesting that even just as simple as 
sharing your slideshow and moving the images along, it, it, it looks pretty good. Now, you can record it and there are other ways to do it. But I think that the most important piece about this, and we'll get into the 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 we'll get into more details on this as we go along, but it's about giving students the confidence to be able to do something, to to tell a story and to be proud of what they're doing. And then that's where the creativity comes in because students will take different times to adapt it. But then you start seeing the little nuances like, oh, I can I can move an arm this way, I can move a hand this way. Mm -hmm. So for for me, I really like to use animation in as many ways possible. And so that that's kind of where I sort of came out with it. It's interesting because when I was doing a little bit of research um, to to put this this thing together, I actually hit the website ditchthattextbook.com, which I know that you're going to be chatting a little bit about shortly. I am. And yeah, just to read a couple quotes, I'll just read off of what I have here. For years, centuries, well, really millennia, you know, students have access to paper. And with that, they've been able to gather their ideas and turn them into static two-dimensional images. To put those images in motion, well, that's been trickier over time. Technology has made it possible, the creation of animation software, which I've alluded to. And it can be also, that software can be expensive and it can be tricky to learn. Mm -hmm. So you actually don't need animation software. You can use free tools. And Google Slides or you know PowerPoint, you can use a presentation like that and you can, you can pull it together. It takes a while. It does take a long time to yeah, do, it does. But, the, but the benefits that you see is, is, is really quite fascinating on that. So that's sort of the, the kind of overall thing. Um, I don't know, Jen, do you have any questions about sort of that overall idea? So I, I, my first question I think that listeners will have, I've done stop motion animation with slides. Kim actually taught me how to do it a number of years ago. We were at a conference together. I want to say it was like 2016, maybe about five years ago. And she asked me to be part of a workshop. She's like, they always have a ton of questions when we're doing this. People like sort of fall behind and they're like into their project. And you have to be aware of this if you do this or when you do this with students, that that's what's going to happen. You're going to be like, okay, hey, do this. And they're going to be in their thing. And, and you'll need to, my, my recommendation is always like create like short little play lists for them so you walk through it but then you can be like okay go back and watch that video because it will show you because they're just gonna like dive into it and sure enough that's what happened to me I was supporting Kim I was supposed to be helping people nope I was fully creating a cat disco in Google Slides and I still a have cat a, disco I literally had disco the cats flying in different poses and like dancing in this like discotheque with a ball that spun around it I, I had so I still awesome. have it I love it um and then I brought it home and I showed my kids and they were quite young at the time so five years ago they were like mm. six and four and about a year or so later, maybe maybe a bit longer than that, I started um, playing with Bennett, my oldest son, with it. And he started doing it. I, I feel like he was in the third or fourth grade, maybe even second grade when we did. So for you, what what age groups? This is the very long way. This is why my podcasts run an hour, because I ask questions <laughs> with 40,000 words instead of six. Um, what age groups would this work for? How young could you go? And how old do you think you go? Like, is this applicable in high school? Let's start with young first. You know, doing doing animation in general, you can you you can do it with any age, um, mm -hmm. and and I think that if you are, um, if if you build it and you 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 sort of you know get sort of the prep work done and you sort of 
change sort of the skill level and and sort of expectations you could you could totally do it with students in the kindergarten age level awesome. um generally i try to stick with sort of your junior intermediate so so, so for me like grade four sort of and up uh depending on what you're doing um and just as a, as a side note before going to the high school i originally used this because i was i was a homeroom teacher and I, i've been sort of homeroom and prep coverage back and forth over the last uh you know 20 blah 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 years yeah mm -hmm. um <laughs> so the the one thing was is not only did I want that engagement piece I said before with with students who have different learning uh, challenges and language and stuff. I also wanted to keep myself interested, you know, especially yeah. with teacher ADD. Um, so trying to sort of do this at different ages is just so much of what what you want to do with it. And the thing is, is that a lot of students look at language and they go, oh, we got we all have to read the same story or we're all mm. doing the same writing and we're doing the same reading log and it gets boring. But when you give them something where you go, you're going to create something like this and you're going to be able to do an animation and then you can do sound effects and then you can put this in. Everyone gets really excited about it. And even the worst animation is still great. You know, and if you're doing it in, in like 3D with plaster scene, you have like sometimes little mushed faces or occasionally a hand kind of comes into the picture and you're yes. like, oh, I got to get rid of that. The best is when if you're doing it in person where they have the figures and you have to, they're sort of hanging them with like wires and stuff. Yeah. And you go, oh, it's interesting. Your person kind of did a 180 and came back up and then its eyes came off. Um, but again, you know, with with the digital aspect of it, you can do this with any grade. Like I, I recently did a, a workshop for Skills Ontario, which is mm -hmm. kind of where this idea uh, sort of came about. And then and then you had posted on Twitter and, and I had responded. And so for, for that in particular, it was for the International Day of the Girl event. Right. And so there's been a lot of other events that they have done related to that, like different activities. Um, a lot of them in the past had, in, had been involving like food related ones. And so my question to skills was, how about we give them a skill? Like let's, let's actually do something that, that they can they can learn and then apply it to something else. So you, if you if you know how to do it, you can do it for language, you can do it for math, you can do it for science, you can do it yeah. for music, you can do it for art. Um, I haven't taught or led a workshop for adults yet, but I mean, <laughs> it's in the cards, right? Yeah. Like it's, I'm yeah. sure it will happen there. So you you can actually do it. And, and my advice to people, which I think you and the listeners will agree is, you as the teacher, play with it first absolutely dive in mm -hmm. make make a clunky weird looking animation and then you'll actually know how to do it right yeah. and, and then, the one yeah. thing I love about that too when you play and you get you make that clunky one is I love to then throw it back to the students and say what can I do to make this better can you help me and immediately they're like oh I'm going to improve what my teacher does, but my, my teacher is the one that's supposed to have the answers and I'm going to, I'm going to teach them and, and kids, especially those kids in like, you know, elementary and middle school, like with those, inter, those, you know, junior and intermediate students are like, wow, the buy-in is immediately there because even if you start them with, you know, here's a Google slides template, here's the one that I created, make it better. And that's just their, their, um, introduction to what you're doing before they have to get into their own project where they might you know be a little bit more reticent to take those risks I think it's a great way to start with students like okay I made this cat disco but you know this one cat moves too quickly or it doesn't like perspective is not there how what could you do and put them in groups and this is what I love about google slides is you can do this in groups because you know of the collaborative nature of it and off you go now you have here in the show notes that you've shared 
um, your presentation deck, but you also have an exam, a couple of examples. You have one called Day at the Beach and Spacewalk, but you also have something here that says Google Slides Background. So talk about that. Yes. Okay. So I, I had to be really, um, I, I had to really think about it. Like if I'm doing a workshop, uh, you know, there, there are lots of images that, that are copyright, right. And you can't use them. So what we thought was we, cause I had a, a, a couple students that were helping me put this together was let's, let's go and check out the free Google slide templates, right? So those websites, and I have listed them and I'm yeah, not sure. Slides carnival, slides go, slides mania. Yeah. So those are all free backgrounds. I think at least 90% of the stuff on those are, are free. So what we did was we went to those websites and looked to find some cool backgrounds. So we had to actually go through each different slide decks and stuff right. and remove stuff. So what we did is, and this is something that I would recommend if you're going to do this is, is have um, sort of a, a catalog of maybe, you know, 10 to 20 backgrounds ready for yeah. the students to use so they, they can get an idea because like you said, play with it first and then later, maybe they can find their own backgrounds yeah. and some students may want to design their own, create their own. They could use Google draw, they could use paint, they could use whatever type of Photoshop thing. They could take a picture and use that as their background. Yeah. So that's what we did is we gave them a whole bunch of uh, different uh, backgrounds. So I'll just open it up here. Yeah. I also, I love too that there, that you found ones that are free to use and aren't copyright because now this has just become a digital citizenship lesson as well. Yeah. You can't just take any photo you want and use it. We need to give attribution. We need to think about where this came from. Do we have the right to use it? And we have those conversations as well embedded, embedded in a way that it's really, um, that's authentic because there's nothing worse like as a as a teacher librarian there's nothing worse than when I have teachers like hey can you teach kids um about copyright and I'm like uh, can you show me what you're doing because no one wants to sit and listen to me talk about copyright I'm gonna tell you that right now yeah it's you know that that's the thing is with these websites and there are others but I just figured let's go to some that we know of and then you know part of that lesson is not only the, the digital kind of copyright stuff but also the fact that oh you mean there are other templates for Google Slides beyond what you get that are actually cooler. Yes, and they're free and I can manipulate them. And then all of a sudden you've got, well, I can make my slide deck even cooler now. And so even by, just by showing the students these slide deck, these slides, uh, the free slide uh, websites exist, all of a sudden, look who's got some cool looking slide decks. Right. Yeah, and no more, no more boring slide decks. I love doing that presentation as a, when I was teaching English and now as a librarian, just like, okay, don't bore me to death no. with slide decks anymore. Don't fill it with all the animations and all the colors and different backgrounds. And like, let's have consistency. Let's talk design. It's, it's such a great skill because we're trying to sell things constantly and, and be that selling an idea or, or physically selling an object or an, an item, a service. We need to make sure that people are engaged and, and don't kid yourself that the aesthetics are are, are a huge part of that. Yeah, it's the it's it's the content of what you're doing with an animation using Google Slides. There is some of that aesthetic piece that you have to have there. But again, it's not about having the most perfect. And and like I said, by giving the students or if it's teachers, whatever, um, the, those templates, they can pull stuff that they want. And then also we went through a bunch of those uh, different slides that we pulled objects out, we pulled uh, like characters out. And what I think is really cool about the websites is there's a huge diversity of content that they have so mm -hmm. that, you know, characters look different from each other. There's, there's different yeah, jobs that are, you know, uh, depicted, there's different environments, there's different types of holidays and celebrations. So it's, 
you know, you have to be mindful as well in what you're choosing, but at the same time, it's just like reassuring that you have, these are free. Okay. I can use them. We can create them. We're not going to get dinged on it in any way. And then we just went with it. And so with the, the workshop that I did, the first exemplar was a day at the beach. So I worked with uh, two students who I believe are in grade seven. Um, and I said, make something like just, just make something. And right. so they created this little, this little slide. And it was really neat because I got to see the process of them working on it. And it was two of them working collaboratively, not in the same room. Right. So yeah. they were, yeah. So the, 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 I think the, one of the fun parts about it is, you know, it's, it's, they're, they're utilizing two things or three things, actually they're utilizing title sequences. So that like one letter on one slide, then you copy the slide, you add another letter. So it becomes sort of that title sequence that comes up. Right. Or you, you could have it slide up and down, but they decide to do like a typewriter. It looks awesome. The type they did. So I'm watching, I'm watching it now in the background. Yeah, yeah, and it's, yeah. like we said, it's linked there, but yeah, the, they, the typewriter effect, even how they decided to move the, the letters like to the left as they typed to make it, it's really good. Yeah. No, but that was a good thing. And the other thing that I liked was they, they said we have a volleyball. And so they, the volleyball comes into the picture and then every slide they move the volleyball kind of closer and then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Hands. Yeah. Well, that, that was a fluke because I didn't realize some of the characters were actually divide, like you could actually pull. And I think one of them may have actually like taken the character and found a way to separate the arm. So then you could have the arm kind of wave in the air, or grab a volleyball yeah. and stuff. Well, I, th I imagine that students could do that depending on the way that the character is even just by cropping using the crop right. tool. Right. And then having them look like they're a single item, but actually be two separate items. Yeah. I know I've done that before. I've done a beach one. It's one that I often demo when I have done PD on this and I show like a dolphin coming out of the water. And I'm like, all I've done to make it look like it's coming out of the water is crop parts of it as it rises on the screen and then uncrop so that it looks like it's coming out of the water, but it's actually not. It's just you know, the shape. The other thing that you can do is you can actually do a reverse. So like you could do the, you could, you could film it backwards. Yeah. Right. And then just flip the order. So if you, if you're worried, like, I don't know how to crop it. How can I get it? Start it off. Like for your example, start it off with the dolphin out of the water and then cry. And then if you want to make it, you can go kind of go backwards oh, with it. So cool. that was also an interesting conversation. Yeah. And that, that conversation also comes up when you're doing it sort of, you know, in person with paper or plaster scene mm -hmm. and stuff where, oh, I can shoot it backwards because it looks really great. And then if I squish it, I can't bring it back. Well, start it this way and then it goes the other way. So I've never considered that. That's really, that's cool. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes backwards thinking is oh, forward thinking. Look at Ooh. you. Look at you. Stop my drop. <laughs> hashtag. Hashtag. Um, yeah. So that was yeah, then the spacewalk one is another example I have. Um, and so a, another student, a, a different one, um, she had this fascination with space. And if you look at it, it's basically an astronaut floating through space, but then kind of like flies into space. And uh, and then what happens is that um, it, it it says Houston we we have a problem at the end so it was kind of a, a fun little thing there. So I'm I've just opened up the uh, the spacewalk 
one and I'm going to, I'm going to play it now and watch that. That's awesome. So the other thing I, I really like, as I watch this, I'm going to try to talk, but I am not very good at, at doing two things at once. Oh so yeah. They, oh, she does fly into space. Look, she gets bigger. Oh, so cute. Um, the one thing I like too, is to play with the speed. So in order to do this, you need to publish to the web and then you need to say, you know, advanced light every second is the fastest you can get. So you need to talk to students about, okay, let's look at that URL that's created. And, and when we say every advance, every one second, what do we notice when we change it to every three seconds to every five seconds, then they find that number in the URL and play with that until they get something that looks like it's, um, it's natural, right? That it can jump in and be like, oh, okay, like this is actually going at the speed that I want. And I, that's a good math problem mm-hmm. too with mm-hmm. students, right? I love that. Yeah. It's, it's, cool. one of, it's one of those things where it, it uh, I found that when you do it digitally, they seem to be able to progress a little bit quicker because they can see uh, where, you know, the slides are going and that's just mm-hmm. a copy and paste. They can also see where they've made the error, right? So when you're looking at the examples that we have, you're, you're talking like, like for the spacewalk, it was probably 30, 40 slides minimum. Because yeah. the more you have, the more sort of nuances and detail you need in the speed. And then you have sort of students that try it and, you know, the, the character is in one spot and then you move the character, you know, right to the middle. And then they go, that looks really odd because the character is like kind of jumping. And I go, yeah, well, mm-hmm. you've got to get that flow of movement there. So it's really it's really nice to to embed it. And, and I think if you're looking at it sort of a bigger picture wise um, is it allows the students to like really communicate and sort of find sort of those ways of communicating a story without actually writing it. And it's still literacy, right? And it's still, oh, absolutely. They, they still have to make a, a storyboard, you know, they have to sort of understand the story where it's going. Um, but they, they, they feel really proud of it. And, you know, the, the, the recording thing at the end or publishing it and making it sort of move was, was the end piece of it. And then some of them wanted to add sound effects or you can add a soundtrack. But again, for me, it was always, let's get them all to the same place, which is, do you have something? And then when I, when I click to go from each slide, they can see the movement. That was sort of the final goal. And anything above that was just extra because everyone could get to that point, uh, especially because I was working as a completely online teacher last year. You don't really know what they have in front of them. You know, are they going to use Screencastify? Are they going to mm-hmm. record the Google Meet? Are they going to, uh, you know, rehearse the slide deck? But again, it's yeah. it's starting at sort of a, a same place and being to end at the same place. And then, I mean, for me, I kind of took over at the end and the ones that had challenge kind of, you know, animating it, then I then I would do that with some of the software I have. But still, it's it's the the art of doing it. And then what is the effect later? The effect is is they'll use this to something else later. They'll use the the Google slide free templates. They'll use these ideas and it gives them that confidence. So that's kind of why why I kind of put it all together. I love it. I love it. And I really do encourage everyone to go and and check out what Michael shared here with the if you if you've never done it and you or you need an example, um, there's tons, there's, you know, the two in here, plus the backgrounds, plus characters and objects that you've already curated. So you've done a lot of the heavy lifting for folks. Um, I love the timing of this too. I am going to put this out ASAP so that we're going into the last week before um, winter break and a lot of people are like okay we're done they just need something fun creative I want to reinforce learning I I don't want to just show movies I want creators not consumers this is the perfect perfect activity for this and for any any classes that are more hybrid blended or any classes that are completely online you can have kids working on this back and forth together and and the thing is is that it, it can actually take 
a week to do if you really oh, yeah. kind of focus on, yeah. I mean, you know, one of the things in the slide deck, you'll see that the, the topic that we chose was uh, all the places you go, right? The Dr. Mm -hmm, Seuss, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, which is just- You're off to great and, places, you're off and away. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think one of the things that we tried to do, and I, I've always tried to do this, at least over the last two years, is don't don't make the topic connected to sort of the, the, the pandemic of the world, but mm -hmm. connect it to something hopeful, something that they can look forward to, something that can have sort of a lasting effect because, uh, you know, just to have that motivation to something positive, yeah, I, I think is also quite important to do. So that I mean, it's 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 a short explanation, I know, because but that's that's pretty much you know sort of the the overall idea. And and I think that the other thing that I could say is that it's fun. Oh it's my so goodness, fun. it's Learning so fun. It's so fun. It's so, and kids love it and I love it. It's, I agree. It's such a fun activity to do. Um, I've, I've mentioned a number of times on the show that I limit my, the screen time that my kids have on their iPads. And there's a few things that I let them like, especially on a snowy winter Canadian day that they can jump on and do for extended periods and stop motion animation is one of them. Um, Soundtrap is another one that we, we do a lot with them or they, well, not a lot. They've just started it because I've just started using it and we have it now in, in our district. Um, but, but those are two things because they are really creating and they get so creative and create things and then send it to the family. And it's, it's, I love it. I love it. I love this share so much. That's cool. Okay. So the shares that I have for us, um, are math related because I know you're a big math guy and as a former, although I don't like to admit it, math teacher myself, and I just don't want to admit it because I'm afraid that they're going to make me teach like advanced functions, which technically I should be able to teach on my ticket, but I haven't taught anything beyond grade 10 math, um, or taken anything since like 2000. So <laughs> I think I would, I would have a little bit of an issue at any rate. I found these websites and some of them are a riot. So there's the first one here is called, they're just math fails. So someone's collected these sets of pictures and such that are, are meant to create mathematical discourse, Love if it. you will. So is it a math fail or is it just a typo? So here's one right now. Tulips, 10, stem, 10 stems, was $8, save $1, now seven fifty. That's each. the best. That's like, the best. But that's, but that's, not, but you have to read the fine print here too. It says when you buy two, they're seven fifty each. So technically, when you buy two, they're fifteen. Before, when you bought two, they were sixteen. So that is one dollars one dollar savings. And there's all of these, and you know, students can can read them and be like, okay, is this an honest mistake? How could we get there? How could it change? So when you need to have those conversations around math, and these are actual pictures that people have found. Um, there's, you know, picture a lot of them are in grocery stores. Um, so there's infographics and such. They're real world applications of times that people haven't used math properly. So if you are looking for some real life math applications to start, even a minds on activity. I think these are phenomenal. Now, you you said that you've seen these before. You've yeah, used them. I have done so. so um, with two other colleagues that that you know, uh, and I'll name drop Will Gorley and Ellie Weisdorf, we've done some work with um, social media and math, and uh, I we we, we could probably mm -hmm. drop their um, their their Twitter handles in in in, in yeah in later yeah for sure we and will. we we were sort of looking at um, <laughs> those kind of funny things. So I think there was one where it was um, a package of uh, pop. So it was Coke and it was a 16 pack. And then yeah. right on it, it says four more than okay. a 12. <laughs> you go, okay, that's, that's great. You know, there was one that I thought was, was quite funny. It was, um, 
I think it was the caption. Uh, I think a, a package of spaghetti had fallen on the ground. And so the caption was something along the lines of, you know, I dropped spaghetti, you know, and in, in, in math class today. And all of a sudden I became an, a visual artist, you know, cause it, cause it kind of, you know, plunked out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Great, so but, the, yeah. these are great. And you know, you know what I really oh, like about this funny. stuff is that to, to kind of push students and educators more on this is go, okay, so what is the math fail? Where is the math in there? And also where did you find it? Because a lot of these things are just posted on social media, right? And people take it as, as facts and you go, okay. So even going back to your example, I think it's just great because you have students that kind of look at it and one one goes this direction thinking, one thinks like this, and then you can even have them kind of trying to problem solve and say, well, you know, can I use an operation? How do I do this? So there's there's so much embedded there, but it's also really good digital literacy. What's reliable, what's not. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And, and that conversation around mis and disinformation and can we trust what we see on social media like I go on TikTok and I see this and I I know I I followed someone on TikTok uh, a while ago said yeah whenever I say oh I read something recently I 100% guarantee you it's I saw it on TikTok <laughs> and I laughed I'm like yeah how many of us do that oh, I, I read this or I saw this and if you actually like you know dig a little bit where what is what is the place that you saw it in? okay my next one uh, is what if math Oh, cool. So this is like, this is what if we eliminate algebra one. And these are just um, spreadsheet based single concept lessons. And it says right on the site here, each is designed to use functions to develop functional thinking. In STEM, they approach math as an experimental science. So this allows me to really get in and manipulate using spreadsheets and I'm I'm a little I'm I love spreadsheets I'm like Google Sheets is my favorite I'm a bit of a nerd that way but it it really comes down to thinking about things mathematically so they've one here on air pollution this chart recently came out from the American Lung Association about air pollution how could we progress this or how present this uh, data to congress so it's american based and we can change the language for those of us who are canadian educators but there's a lot of different things in here that you might be able to find like there's stuff here on on probability on addition and subtraction like it starts out looking heavy like it might be for you know older high school age students but not necessarily here here's one on adding i'm adding to 10 but on an example of large spreadsheets could be developed to practice addition so there's a whole bunch of things in here if you're looking to up your digital game in math and you're like well i don't really know i don't have the tools you have google sheets here's a whole bunch of spreadsheet based um, labs that you could do in a math class maybe on topic maybe just for fun to push out to students for extra but i i really loved it and it's whatifmath.org you know fun. i really like that Jen. have you ever seen this one before i i have not but i i i sort of get the idea you know and this is the one thing that i always promote is you know what well, we don't have some teachers may say we don't have time to get through the curriculum we have to push 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 but if you're not mm -hmm. giving students any type of practical hands-on or digital hands-on then you know just pushing through worksheets becomes useless Right. But to be able to see, like, for example, what a, par a parabolic function looks like, right, to understand that it has that loopy kind of effect yeah. and where are the applications for it. And I love that these are all Google Sheet embedded. So they're essentially free. Yeah. 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 yeah right. Love it. So fun. Okay. I had one more, but in the interest of time, I'm going to save it for Ooh. the new year because I do have a couple of other things I want to share before we, we go. So I'll jump into those. The first one I've linked in the, uh, in the show notes, it is an interview that I did with, um, IORAD. IORAD, if you don't know, it is a phenomenal, um, 
a company. It's a um, it's a tool. It it allows you to do really quick tutorials on anything on your computer. So let's say I wanted to show you how to create a Gmail template. Instead of going through and being like, okay, now click here, now click here, taking screenshots, this program does it for you automatically. So I open IORAD and I say, okay, start my capture. And I step through as though you were sitting beside me and click where I would click. And then through the intelligence of the gremlins in my computers known as AI, I it then creates a tutorial for you and says, okay, when you clicked here, which you can personalize and then you can shove it out to students. You can put it out to educators. I've sent this to people on staff when I'm just like, especially when it's something quick and pretty straightforward. Um, you can customize them. You can do it so that it, it shows you on screen like a little movie and you can do a try it feature where you open, if you open your own Gmail and it says, okay, now click here and it shows you where to click. IORAD is phenomenal. It's been around for a while. I've talked about it on other shows. Um, but I, I am an IORAD ambassador and they, they, Arlen, one of, um, she sort of runs the ambassador program, reached out and said, Hey, can I, can I do an interview with you and Chris Webb and, um, and Cammy, Cammy is a listener to the show and I'm going to totally destroy her last name. So I'm not even going to try it. Cammy, Cammy K. Um, Cammy can, I, I always, it's, it's, it shouldn't be hard. Cammy, I'm sorry. We have to have, we have to get on a call and you have to teach me how to properly say your last name. Anyway, the three of us were interviewed and uh, I just wanted to bring your attention to that article. If you're looking at what IORAD is and how you might use it, we talk about our use functions. It's a pretty fun uh, little thing. So check that out. The other thing I want to highlight, and this starts, so we're, we're recording on Sunday. I'm hoping to get this episode out tonight, but you may not be listening right away. Starting tomorrow, Monday, the, is it the 13th? It is the 13th. Yes, the 13th of December. It is the 13th all day. Uh, Matt Miller, who we've already talked about through through Ditch That Textbook, is running his annual Ditch Summit. Why do we love the Ditch Summit? Because it brings together a whole bunch of um, minds and education. We discuss um, technology. They discuss pedagogy. He interviews one person a day for nine days. It's completely free. And you are able to sign up. And you have access to all the videos until this year, it's January the 7th. So if you don't watch them the day they're released, because they're released nine days in a row. I started sketchnoting these to just do some extra learning and build my sketchnoting skills a few years ago. Last year, he was like, Jen's our official sketchnoter. Um, and I did some work on the social media aspect. And then this year, I'm honored to actually be one of the guests, one of the educators that he, uh, Matt is interviewing, which Woo-hoo! I love. Yeah, I know, it's so exciting. I was like, I made it. I said to my husband, it was like a huge a huge honor for me and we had a really fun time it's about an hour long I speak quickly so you might not be able to listen to it in double time like I listen to everything but you never know um and I just I talk about sketch noting because we all know that I love sketch noting which I wanted to give shooks and gift listeners a sneak peek when he reached out he said Jen then you can promote your course and I'm like oh I haven't done my learn to sketch note a course in so long um since 2020 the summer of 2020 I ran the second cohort and I wanted to do it in the fall of 2020 and I was redeployed to the classroom and I thought okay I'll do it in the winter of 2021 but again I was still teaching and I didn't want to take the time away from my students because I didn't think that was fair and I really invest when I do the sketchnoting course I really invest in um, making sure I give feedback and and you know I record some videos uh, weekly and and it's asynchronous but I release stuff every week so I you know 
sometime late in the week, I record a video and I'm like, hey, you know, this was this week and I highlight what people did. And then I release the videos for like the elements. I, I interview different experts. I have daily doodles that go. It's all run through Google Classroom. Uh, there is a there is a fee for it. I know that I, I love free, but I, I do need to justify the time that I put in because I put in hours and hours away from my family. Um, the first time I ran it, it was like, I'm going to run this and I'm going to take my family on a vacation. And I ran it and I got paid out a week after COVID hit. <laughs> so I was like, oh, no, we can't go anywhere. So anyway, I I still run it for that. And I I put it back in. And and instead, just to let you know, with the money that we I made there, I actually bought a pop up tent trailer from my first and second cohort of the course. So my family did enjoy many trips around Ontario this past summer. So um, that is why it's there. But if you uh, if you do want to sign up, it is 79 American dollars. And I do have a discount if you use the code sketch friends, all one word sketch friends, you can get $10 off that and Canadian listeners, if you want to e transfer me instead of paying on Eventbrite, reach out, and uh, we can set that up. But that starts um, I think my interview with Matt is Tuesday, the 14th, and then the cohort, the third cohort of my Learn to Sketch Note course begins on January the 8th and runs until February 19th. So for those of us up here in Canada, when you're sort of stuck inside anyway, be it because of, you know, restrictions of going outside or not wanting to go outside because you just want to stay safe, um, or that you're just looking to start something new and be creative and, and a little like it's, to me, it's mindful and lovely and relaxing. Um, it does start in the new year. So you can check that out. And it's all linked, of course, on the on the in the show notes. Jed, now if yeah. I'm not mistaken, haven't some teachers kind of worked with you and then had their whole class kind of oh. in- involved with? Yeah. Wait, I think you, I think you were like a guest in their class, either v- virtually or in person, and you did the. I've done both. I, I remember. Yeah. Saying, yeah, I, I've done yeah. both, and in fact, I, I encourage teachers if they enroll in the course to do it along with their students. I release everything for the week on the Saturday, so for those of us who need to be really prepared and preview things for our students, that's fine. Other people are okay yeah. with just like flying with it, but I release it on the weekend. So if you want to have a look at it on the weekend or maybe on the Monday, and then it can be an activity that you you do along with your class. And I'm more than happy to do that. Some people always are like, "Oh, can I do it with my class?" I'm like, ah, "This is exactly why I want you to do it because I've never done my sketch noting presentation." and not had uh, a two or three students in a class of, you know, 30, that's uh, you're coming up on 10% of the students say they that'll change the way that they take notes. And I've had teachers reach out. It's it's a really powerful way to take notes. And it does so much like SEL, um, just, you know, note taking abilities, honoring the diversity of learners. And it's, I just love sketch noting. Everyone knows this, so I could talk for hours, but that's there. And the website is todayisketchnoted.com. And that's also the hashtag todayisketchnoted like education see what i did there oh so clever (laughs) i like it i know right and then the last thing the last thing that i just want to say if you haven't seen it already on social media uh brian briggs ryan o'donnell and andy losick all have been guests on the show except for ryan o'donnell because ryan o'donnell you know can never commit to time and he might be listening to this and i'm calling out on that if he's listening right to the end of my podcast um we put together for the last few years we've done a create with chrome uh ryan and brian from check this out started it uh andy and i jumped on a couple of years ago it was like it's super fun and we just put out things that you can do creatively on chrome again leading into this last week things like stop motion animation with slides i think we've actually 
actually put that in there in the past. Um, but if you're looking for little things, quick activities to do with your students, they're there. Brian shares them out. We all tags us in them and we retweet it. And this year we have a whole bunch of other educators who have jumped on board. We reached out and said, you know, it doesn't only have to come from our mind. Who else could we reach out to? So we reached out to some friends and, and they're sharing as well. So follow that hashtag create with Chrome on uh, social media and you'll get a whole bunch of fun activities for you and or your students. Those are my shares. Uh, Jen, I always love like looking at the stuff that you post things because I always go, oh, I got to try that. And then I try that. But you you have so much good stuff that sometimes I go, well, I, had to, I, have to try, I have to try this. I have to try this. <laughs> oh, this is so cool. But I'll tell you this. One, one of the coolest things was I think two weeks ago, you you did a quick little video and you're like, check this out. You can scroll between different Google mm-hmm. Drive accounts. And that was like hashtag game changer. I me too. That was and do you know was, what? I was like, what, Michael? I, I so I shared that two episodes ago, three episodes ago, right after. I was like, God, we need to talk about this. And I actually had a student stop me in my learning comments and say, Mrs. Giffen, you know how on social media you shared because I put it on all my Instagrams, including the library Instagram. She's like, that has saved me so much time, especially going between their personal accounts and their and their school accounts. Oh yeah, that that to me was that was the highlight of my Google highlight of twenty twenty one. It's amazing. It yeah, amazing. it's great. And and uh, you know the fact that you're always posting stuff like this is is amazing. And you and it's free. It's like here, yeah. guys, here's something cool. Take a look at educators. Yeah. Here's something else to be cool. And it's always like try it. And it's totally applicable, which is why, you know, which is why we keep connecting over and over and over again. We love free stuff that's applicable to engage our students. And at that, I think we're done for the show. Michael, thanks for being on. It was really lovely to see you, my dear old, but not like legacy old, not like age old friend. Old in cheerful spirit. We'll go with that. Sure. <laughs> we'll okay. go with that. that, that, that. <laughs> uh, so Anyways, funny. thank you, Jen, for having me. Appreciate it. Oh, I, I'm, I'm glad you were able to, to come on and I'm, I'm glad we made it work out. And to all the listeners out there, this will be the last show before the winter break. So um, happy new year and we will see you in 2022. That's crazy. Um, and like always, if you heard something today on the show, if you have that aha, make sure you give it a go. Take care, everyone. That's it for this week. If you like what you heard, please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you think others might enjoy some of this learning, please give us a rating. Show notes for this and all episodes can be found at shooksandgif.com. That's S-H-U-K-E-S-A-N-D-G-I-F-F dot com. As always, we would love to hear your ahas on the Anchor app. On our website, on the embedded Flipgrid, or by tweeting at us, sending us an email, or talking to us in real life. I'm Kim Polishuk, and I can be found on Twitter at Kim Polishuk. And I'm Jen Giffen, and I can be found at Virtual GIF with two Fs. Thanks for listening to Shooks and GIF. And as always, have an aha, give it a go. Shooks and GIF is a proud member of Voice Ed Radio. Your voice is right here. For more great content, go to voiced.ca. Canikins. I think that's how you say Cammy's name. Cammy, are you are you listening? Did I butcher it? Did I say it right? K-A-N-N-E-K-E-N-S. I referred to her earlier. Canikins is how I think you say it. Cammy, please tell me. I'm so sorry.